welcome to In Flight, the Threshold Podcast. I'm your host, Sol Vashes. I'm sorry this episode is not coming out at the usual time. I just wasn't able to get it out to you on time this week, and that's my fault. I hope if you're in the United States, you were celebrating Martin Luther King Day. Happy Martin Luther King Day to all of you. This weekend, I got to see Uncut Gems, which is a new movie with Adam Sandler in it. It came out uh, about a month ago now, maybe a little bit less. Uh, but Adam Sandler, you know, traditionally isn't really in incredible films. He kind of, you know, as he says it, he likes to be in films where he's having fun with his friends, which there's nothing wrong with that. But he took on a serious role for this movie. He is a gem dealer in the Diamond District. I think that's what it's called in New York, my hometown, well, my home city. But he's not the best one, and his career is starting to, you know, decline and stuff. I didn't think that it was that interesting for the entire movie. There were definitely moments where I was like, okay, this is like typical Hollywood. But as it went on, I noticed myself surprised by things that he was doing and also really, really trying to read in between the lines, which is something that I don't really do with movies often. And I think that movies that are able to get you to question like that are some of the best ones. And the ending was completely unexpected. So if you have the time, I really, really highly recommend you go to see that movie. This week on the show, we have Thomas Rasmussen, who is very, very well known for his helpful compilation of add-ons. He has lots of videos where he looks at the top X-Plane payware add-ons, the top X-Plane freeware add-ons, and he also does a lot of promo videos for new products that come on. For instance, he did the Flight Factor FEDS trailer when it first came out a few weeks ago and he's really a great guy and it was great to sit down and talk to him even if I did completely think that he was from the UK which is my fault and you'll see me embarrass myself in front of him anyway this week we have Sam on the news so Sam tell us about the news kicking off the news this week we have just flight to have updated 10 aircraft in their explained fleet bringing skunk crafts auto updater support to all of their range It's not all from the British developer who have also had a sale and released demo versions for all 10 of said products for Laminar Sim in a rare try-before-you-buy business move. Next up is X-Plane developer Airfield Canada who have released their first X-Plane scenery, uh, Sydney. Sample's actually in Nova Scotia, Canada, like the developer's name suggests, but they also announced a new product on the same day, Halifax Stanfield. Next up we have a jet anticipated by many in the community, the Bombardier Global 6th. Currently in development by Deden, a long silence has been broken on the status of the project, which has now been put on hold due to the developer's current full-time job. Continuing on, we have Maps to X-Plane, who have shown even more previews of Seychelles for X-Plane's airports. The previews included new pictures and information about the scenery package included of the Seychelles Islands. Next up is another one of our InterSim articles, this time focusing on the fifth episode of the Feature Discovery series published by Osobo Studio and Microsoft. Ten-minute videos narrated by audio director Aurelian Peters, who details the sound system of the upcoming flight simulator. Then the video, a new audio engine based on audio kinetic WYS was presented. Continuing on, we have an update to the Zebo mod. This update brings the uber-popular aircraft up to version 3.39. Update brings way too many new features to mention here, but the notable ones revolve around a new flight model version by Twixter. It's Aerobusk up next with a new preview of their upcoming Falcon 8X. 
The single screenshot, posted in various places, including Facebook and TheExplain.org, shows a single forward-facing view from the cockpit in poor weather conditions, along with synthetic vision. Finally, this week we come to Magnite, who have updated their 787-9 to version 1.4.1. This brings the end to some confusion about the full public release of version 1.4, which was brought out brought about just after Flight Sim Show in Cosford last year. The update includes a new FMOD sound set by Audio Bird XP and a 3D cabin. Catch all these headlines and more over on thresholdx.net. And in case you're a new listener, the way you spell the name of our website is T-H-R-E-S-H-O-L-D-X dot N-E-T. That's thresholdx.net if you want to read more. I'm very, very privileged today to speak with Thomas Rasmussen. Thomas, how are you doing today? I'm great, thank you, Saul. And uh, I hope you are great too. Yeah, I'm, I'm doing very well. Uh, how is the UK? Is it nice and cold or is it? are you getting a little bit of warmth down there, up there? Oh, I'm, I'm not in the UK. I'm, uh, I'm in Denmark. Oh, really? <laughs> I, li- I, I live in Denmark, yes. Oh, I, do. I, I didn't know that Central Time went all the way up to Denmark. Oh, yes. Yes, it does. <laughs> We're... Uh, we- we have a uh, winter time now so everything changes yeah <laughs> yeah i i'm really not a, a fan of daylight savings time i find it actually rather annoying <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so how how has everything else been in in your life how has the the youtube life been or you know just anything else oh uh, youtube is is hectic Al- always hectic <laughs> a lot to do uh I've been on a little pause uh, for a couple of weeks uh, until I uh, released a video uh, here last week. I've been busy but uh, have taken a break uh, during uh, Christmas and uh, the New Year. So that's been great. It sounds like you had a pretty long process in terms of recording. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. That's right. When I make my my usual uh, promo videos, uh, I use around 16 hours on one video just just a two minute video so uh, it's a lot of work what ends up making it take that long yeah really uh, both recording and also editing i spent a lot of time on editing my videos i'm also i'm, I'm kind of a perfectionist so uh, i think i didn't spend uh, quite as much time in the, in the beginning but uh, as time went on and i got better i just I spent so much time edit- editing my videos, so... <laughs> so it's the perfectionist bit and also having to put a lot of content. Yeah, I, I think it is uh, perfectionism that that just, you know, I, I have to get all details uh, perfect before releasing a video. <laughs> so how did you get into flight simulation? Because it's, as I've said many times on the show, it's a pretty niche area where yeah, you really have to be... Yeah, you really have to, it's something you really really want to have to do in order to get into it it's not like you're casually going on steam and then you see oh there's a flight simulator might as well try it yeah i started around 1983 i think at the age of eight where when i got my first computer home computer uh, commodore 64 and uh, one of my f- first games uh, then was um, solo flight from 1983 I remember just f- flying around. It was a game uh, where you should uh, deliver mail f- from one airfield to another and uh, f- fly with uh, ILS and uh, all kind of th- stuff. And you 
saw your aircraft uh, from behind and I just remember flying around and uh, having just a lot of fun. And then I tried out different simulators, uh, a military uh, simulator, a gunship, and also the Sublogic Flight Simulator 2 that was released in 1986 and also other titles uh, but i think when i got you know really interested in aviation was uh, with the release of the movie top gun uh, yeah 1986 i thought wow i just need to become a fighter pilot <laughs> And uh, then a couple of years later, the simulator F-18 Interceptor was released on, on the Amiga. And I thought, wow, I really need to buy a Commodore Amiga. And I eventually did for the money I got uh, at my confirmation at around age 14, 15, maybe. And I just have had a blast with that game, you know, picturing uh, me as, as Tom Cruise uh, flying around in Top Gun. <laughs> and all that stuff and you know also got the sublogic flight simulator for the amiga and then i upgraded my amiga uh, to a pc in i think uh, 94 or something like that and it was a pentium uh, 486 dx2 with a turbo mode uh, which had a frequency of uh, 66 megahertz <laughs> fun to think about today yeah it, it was uh, and later upgraded it with uh, the sound card and the original orchid righteous 3d voodoo graphics card back in the day and i remember flying in in the microsoft flight simulator for windows uh, 95 and also uh, flight simulator 98 and then i took a long break until 2006 i think when fsx was released and my PC had been upgraded to a Pentium 4 at that time and later Core 2 Duo and then I got FSX with the accelerators pack and had immense fun flying around in both uh, GA uh, aircraft and airliners and then I took a long long break actually until uh, 2013 when I got a new powerful laptop and uh, started looking around to see uh, what flight simulator to install and checked different videos on YouTube and saw the trailer for X-Plane 10 at that time and thought, wow, how cool is that? With its great night lighting and cars on the street and everything. And then I got it and I was completely sold. The interface back then looked like something from a physics lab, <laughs> but the flight dynamics with uh, blade element uh, theory was the best and uh, and actually it, it ran okay on my laptop uh, with a third generation i i7 and a gtx uh, 660 gpu so uh, i just uh, spent a lot of time flying around with the default aircraft imp 747 and different uh, ga aircraft and then uh, started looking around uh, youtube and watched a lot of cool cinematic videos and thought hey, I want to make such videos. And um, then I recorded my first video and put it up using just Microsoft Movie Maker. And actually, I had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> but uh, I had a lot of fun doing it and learned 
you know, along the way, after a while, uh, started making my own cinematic flight videos and have done so since around uh, 2013, I think. So that's the whole story. Yeah. Why did you end up taking those two long breaks? Was it that you kind of had a, a loss in interest or you had really, a really, really busy personal life? I think it's a combination. I'm a medical doctor. This started uh, on university and, uh, you know, s- spent a lot of time on reading and studying and so on. So uh, I think it's it's why I had the first break, you know, around 95, 96, because I started uh, uh, my studies. You talked about explain and how you kind of just stumbled across it on YouTube. Yeah. But also you're somebody who came from F- FSX as well. So Yes, I was. So what was your thought process in going to explain instead of just picking up from a place that you were familiar with? Yeah, I think it was because Microsoft stopped developing on FSX and I just thought, uh, let's see what's out there and explain 10 at the moment, talk to me. And I thought it, it looked good at that at that moment. I, I, I had tried uh, explain earlier in a, an early version. I can't remember what version, but at that, at that time it was uh, behind uh, FSX. So it, it was a coincidence actually. <laughs> What made you start to do cinematic videos for developers? Because a lot of people know you as being the person who always has a cinematic video ready for a new release of an aircraft. I started making uh, cinematic flight videos, uh, just random aircraft and uh, scenery to begin with. And as I got better, I uh, thought, why not contact a store? So uh, after after a while, I contacted uh, Nicholas, uh, who's owner at the Explain.org store, and asked if I could start making promo videos for him. And th- that was actually the way I started uh, to make promo videos for, for developers. And now I have produced nearly 150 videos for dif- different products. It's a lot of hours of work. <laughs> As it is now, I, I spent uh, around 15, 16 uh, hours, sometimes more, if, uh, if it's a longer uh, video, on every single video. Do you, um, do you ever feel like a sense of, like, uh, not superiority, superiority is a pretty, I feel like it can have a negative connotation with it, but do you ever feel as if uh, you're kind of special because you get access to all these add-ons that people die for really, really early in order to make cinematic content for them? No, I don't see myself as special or superior in any way, but uh, I do feel extremely grateful for the position I've gained in the community. You know, as someone who gets these unique opportunities to make cinematic flight videos of aircraft and scenery that's not even released to the public yet. Yeah. That's something special for sure, but you know, I've also worked really, really hard for years to earn this position as a genuine and uh, trustworthy person that always tries to push himself to make the next video better than the last one. I guess that's why, in combination with a large audience, of course, uh, I get these special opportunities and for that I feel very fortunate. 
even though you don't see yourself as like a superior figure, you do recognize yourself as somebody who's like important in the community. Yeah, I see what you mean, but uh, I'm also sure that the Explain community would continue to exist even if I wasn't a part of it. But uh, yeah, I don't know if I'm important in that sense, but uh, you know, there's still a large amount of people sitting out there and waiting for you to make your next video. So in that sense, yeah, maybe. I don't know. At least I'm sure that I can inspire people with my videos. And that's actually the most important thing to me, you know. And what is it like for you to run your own community? Because every single community is different. And I've spoken to a few people here who, uh, well, I've spoken to one who's a, who's a streamer. And then I've spoken to a lot of developers who are also running their own community in a sense what is it like to have your own little spot in the explain community as a whole? Wow, what a great question. I haven't actually really thought about that, but uh, I remember that at the time when I got close to the first thousand subscribers, I started thinking, wow, that's a huge amount of people if you put them together in one spot. Like, uh, that's a lot of people watching your videos. So at that point, it honestly yeah, provoked a tiny bit of anxiety. You know, thoughts like, uh, is my next video good enough? Or did I say something stupid or whatever it may be, you know? But uh, along the way, I got used to the thought and eventually stopped thinking so much about it before uploading my next video. But uh, yeah, to be honest, I'm truly and genuinely humble and extremely grateful that so many people in the Explain community are watching my videos and feel like they, you know, learned something new and was inspired in any way or just simply was entertained for a while. That's really what it's all about, you know, to be able to share your passion and knowledge with so many people that share the same passion. That's just extraordinary and extremely rewarding you spend a lot of time making these videos and i feel like that can get a little bit tiring somehow so how do you keep that spark going with both making videos and also developing explain content because i know that a lot of streamers the way that they make sure that they stay invigorated is that they just will not fly off stream so that they're ready to go and that they're really really excited to do a flight what is your kind of uh, I guess you could say meditation in order to make sure that you're still really, really invigorated to make content. So I've found out that I need to, you know, really have a particular interest in the add-on that I produce the video for. I think that's, uh, that's key to having a high energy and to have, you know, the energy to, to make another video after that and, uh, and so on. So um, it's, it can take take a toll on the energy and uh, I often also have periods where, you know, I need to take a break and not make promo videos and just uh, do something else. For example, now I, I haven't uh, made a promo video since start December, I think. So, so uh, I've taken one month off where I just had to make something different. Yeah, to, to want to spend all that all those hours on recording and editing uh, again so i i think it's important to also give yourself a break uh, from time to time 
and do do some something uh, different. I I try to make something different uh, from one one video to to another. It's it's hard, it's hard to to keep uh, being creative all the time. So you you need you need a short break. Have you ever been making a video and you just don't want to make it because you feel really burnt out and you make the mistake of not giving yourself a break or are you just really really good with catching yourself in those moments oh yeah yes i have i have and you know you you pay the you pay the price uh, afterwards because you uh, use all your energy and something that maybe not uh, has all your interest and um, yeah and and then it is that uh, you end up needing a long break so that's that's what i i found out that uh, don't don't say yes to everything you know you know i i get uh, asked a lot I, I get a lot of requests and also have to say uh, no uh, very often and now now i have decided to only say yes if it's uh, something of uh, my particular interest to keep having energy to produce I think that that's really important um, because if you're making content that you don't enjoy, then that's just, I mean, as you said, it's going to reflect. I mean, I really also try to keep that mentality in mind when I'm interviewing people for this show as I try to interview people I'm genuinely interested in. That's why I reached out to you because I really like your videos. You're you're talking to a fan. (laughs) Um, Yeah, thank you. Of course. And then... That's great to hear. Thank you, (laughs) Sal. I've been watching you for a while. I really enjoy your videos and that's why I reached out to Bill Womack and and also um, all the folks from FlyJSim because I really, really respect their work and everything. Yeah, they they make awesome aircraft. Yeah. Yeah, and then you get really excited to talk to them too. Yeah, of course. Of course. If this interview was just something that we scheduled and I really just didn't want to talk to you, which is not the case. (laughs) I assure you, I wouldn't be as invigorated. I'd be like, okay, move on to the next question, yada, yada, yada. Something that uh, I've learned along the way, you know, the hard way also, (laughs) that uh, making videos for something that uh, doesn't interest you uh, as much as something else, uh, then you're going to pay pay the price yeah exactly because then it just it's just harder to edit and it's harder to record because you're just not excited about it you, you, you have to force yourself to to do it right yeah exactly so let's let's change up the subject a little bit and yeah. uh talk about something that i've talked with every single guest um see if you have anything uh new to add to the table um, yeah, i've heard I many see. many different things so here at Threshold, we have started to cover Microsoft Flight Simulator 2020 oh, yeah. Yeah. because it is very, very prominent. I will. I think the first question um, to ask is, will you be recording for Microsoft Flight Simulator 2020? Yeah, of course. Of course I will. Yeah, it, it looks uh, magnificent. So of course I will. <laughs> and from, from like a video creator's perspective, how do you think that's going? Do you think that, you're going to change the way that you record videos for it? Or do you, do you think that there will be, there will be a learning curve in understanding what the audience wants? Or do you think that it's just going to be another simulator and it's as simple as just hopping in and recording? Well, uh, I, 
I'm quite sure that uh, it's going to have a, a learning curve uh, also, you know, how to control the camera and all, all that stuff. It's maybe going to take a while learning all the basics, but uh, I'm, I'm very excited to try it out. I, I would wish that uh, I could be a, an uh, alpha tester, <laughs> but, but I'm not, unfortunately. And uh, if I was, uh, I couldn't tell you. <laughs> in, in terms of camera work, that's act- what you just said really, really stood out to me because I've, I haven't really seen anybody on uh, YouTube or Twitch or anywhere that is able to do some of the camera work that you do. Do you just do that with the default X-Plane cameras? No, no, I, I, I don't. Uh, I use a camera plugin called uh, X-Camera. It's a developer, Mark Ellis, uh, who's developed it. And I've also helped Mark along the way with different ideas to make this and that uh, and and so on. So I, I use uh, X-Camera, which is uh, awesome. And how does that work? Do you like plug in variables for the amount of time you want a shot to be taken? Or do you uh, like set points for where the camera is going to move? How does X camera usually work? I plan the scene, then I fly the scene and then I replay it and, you know, position the camera as I like it. And then you plan how to pan around and what kind of cameras it has to be and, and so on. It's a great, great plugin and everybody should have that plugin. So do you have cinematography experience or is this something you've just learned over time? No, no, I haven't. I just uh, learned, you know, watching others do, do this and that. I'm, I'm self-learned. It really goes to show how much you can learn by just being really really interested in something but what what brought what brought you to be interested in cinematography i think it was you know around the time when i started using explain 10 and watching different videos on on youtube and see what what other other youtubers did and uh, that that really inspired me to to start making my own and yeah that that was the way i started and then I just found out that I could share my passion for aviation and uh, and also uh, inspire other people to fly more in their preferred flight simulator and and so on. So to watch others' flight videos kind of inspired me to to start making my own. When you're making a shot, do you ever have some sort of? This is getting a little bit more technical, but do you ever have like? A, something you're trying to convey with the shot like are you trying do you ever have a shot where you're like let's say a 737 is taking off and you're trying to record something for it do you ever have a a, a goal for that shot you're like I want to show that this aircraft is really really big and massive and impressive or do you just want something that looks really really visually pleasing I plan everything. When I, I know I have to make a video of uh, this or that aircraft, then I start finding uh, music that could fit this particular aircraft. And then I start, you know, planning the shots. I listen through uh, the soundtrack and then I plan these uh, four seconds uh, should show this and these four seconds should show that and, uh, you know, Feel, feel the energy in the music. So already before I, I make the shot, I, I know what kind of energy that should 
be in it. So that that's the way I do it. I pick a, a soundtrack and then I plan every shot before even recording them. So you have you make like a storyboard. Yeah, kind of, but but more more in my head. <laughs> so more more, more a, a storyboard in 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 my head. <laughs> Sometimes you feel as if some videos that you're watching are just people going through the motions and like just seeing what happens. But I, I think it's actually really, really cool that you totally plan out everything. I wouldn't have caught that. I would have thought that you, you kind of go through, take a bunch of shots and then see what fits with the music. Cause when, when I did like videos for a little bit, that's kind of what I ended up doing. That was also the way that I did it to begin with, you know, just record recording random shots and oh this this looks good and uh, and then fitting it into a soundtrack that's also why it, it takes so so long time now when i have to plan every small detail e- even before starting recording <laughs> going back to microsoft flight simulator 2020 what are what are you most excited for for it well it just looks extraordinary. I think the default scenery looks extremely detailed. And also the weather systems, I just uh, think it looks super cool. And uh, I'm very excited to, to try it out. I don't, I don't know anything about uh, system specs or something, but uh, I'm, I'm in the process of upgrading my, my current PC. So uh, I'm sure I'm going to, to be able to run it. But I'm I'm super excited for especially the default uh, default scenery and uh, and weather system. I think it looks uh, very promising. Yeah, it looks very impressive. If I do say so myself. Yeah, it, it does. Yeah, it does. Is there anything else that's on your horizon that you want people to know about? Like any projects that you have, side projects or or just anything else that you, we haven't really spoken about? Oh, I I have. Uh, you know, a lot of projects uh, on my schedule. <laughs> I, I always have, you know, diff- different projects. I just released a video about freeware add-ons for X-Plane 11, part one. So I have a part two in the in the making. Then I have a, an interest for retro gaming and have also been looking back on flight simulators in, in the early days. The first Sublogic flight simulator uh, on the Apple II and then I thought, uh, why not, you know, make make the history of uh, flight simulation on home computers? So that's one I have uh, had on my draw- drawing board for a very long time. <laughs> and that's also something that, you know, takes takes a long time to to record. I have a lot lot of sequences uh, ready for for that video, but you know, I I still need to research a little bit before i'm able to to put something out i'm i'm always you know looking for new payware add-ons on the way so when there's something of my particular interest uh, i'm also going to to make a video for that add-on thomas thank you so much for being interviewed today yeah thank you it, it was great talking to you it was great talking to you too and i really look forward to seeing what else you have on the horizon? That retro flight simulation video sounds super sick. <laughs> yeah, I I think it's it's going to be interesting. Yeah, but uh, I I think I I need to you know make 
different parts, uh, one, two, three, or something like that, because uh, it's it's actually, uh, yeah, how much is it? The first home flight simulator was released in uh, 80. Wow. So it, it's 40, 40 years of uh, flight simulation history. And that's a lot to get down so, to. Yeah, yeah, it is. And, you know, pick, pick uh, yeah, which simulator is worth checking out and and so on i would like to add just one more thing and that's a huge thank you to all my subscribers and viewers of my youtube channel because without them i wouldn't have someone to share my passion for flight with and someone to inspire so thank you so much also a huge thanks to nicholas from the explain.org store for helping me and supporting the channel through the years and also thanks to my good friends in the youtube community particularly frugal and qa pilot and also uh flight simmer so thank you everyone thank you thomas so much for being on the show this week it was great to have you thank you guys so much for listening to this week's episode of in flight and i'll see you guys next week <laughs>